Welcome to another edition of Because Bikers Matter podcast. I'm your host, David Vegas Schumann. And my special guest today is Steve Linder of Life Tough Kids Boxing. Welcome, Steve. Nice to see you. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure. So tell me, um, first of all, where'd you grow up? So I grew up in uh, Queens, New York, uh, which is uh, one of the five boroughs. And I was uh, I lived there until I was 27 years old. And uh, then I got uh, the job with the current federal agency that I'm with, and they moved me to Chicago. Wow. So what got you interested in boxing? So um, when uh, when I was younger, I was uh, I was a little overweight and um, I was heavy. I was short and uh, I got bullied, uh, bullied a little bit. And, you know, I got uh, beat up sometimes and things like that. And it wasn't until I started developing um, wrestling that uh, the bullying kind of started started uh going the other way and i started to be able to defend myself so i wrestled for a long time and then uh you know i did some grappling in my 20s and 30s and then when uh when i was in my mid 30s i noticed that my uh my hip my left hip was taken was taking a beating and uh was getting a lot of uh a lot of pain and i eventually had to have full hip replacement at a young age back in 2019 so while that hip was kind of, you know, going downhill, I started to get more into the stand up because I wanted to do martial arts and I wanted to be able to defend myself. And boxing was the uh, the natural progression. So that's how I basically got into boxing. Very nice. And what led you to develop Life Tough Kids Boxing Club? So it kind of happened by accident. Um Back in 2013, so I have I have five children, and my oldest daughter, who was, um, I think she was maybe eight or nine at the time, um, we did a CrossFit workout at a local CrossFit gym on the northwest side of Chicago, and there was a heavy bag in the back of the gym. And after the workout, you know, sometimes we would hit the bag, you know, move around a little bit, and she said to me, hey, Dad, can we hit the bag? So we started hitting the bag a little bit, moving around, and then I turned around and there was like four or five other kids that were sitting there watching. And I thought, oh, well, that's nice. So the owner said to me, hey, you know, the kids look like they would they would love to do that with you. I'm like, I'm no boxing trainer. What do I mean to do? She's like, just work out with them. Have fun. So... um we set up a one-time class. I thought it was a one-time class, and there was four kids. Two of them were my own. They didn't have a choice, so they came. <laughs> one one of the moms started taking some pictures, and she put them online on Facebook. And, you know, I thought we were one and done. We had a fun workout. We held some focus mitts, threw some punches, taught the kids some fighting, fighting stance, did a bunch of calisthenics. And then the owner says to me, hey, uh, you want to do another one of those things? I'm like, I, I don't know, I, I guess. Um, she's like, yeah, let's do it again. So we did it again. And this time six kids came and then she asked to do it again. And eight kids came and then a, a girl scout group and it just kept growing and growing and growing. And I had to bring on more coaches. And, um, now we are 10 years later, we have 120 kids enrolled, nice. um, 15 volunteer coaches, 
and about 375 kids on the waiting list. So we, we've been very successful. Um, all the coaches are volunteer. Um, most of them first responders, firemen, federal agents, police officers, sheriffs. Um, a lot of them have military service, Marine Corps, Army, Air Force, Navy. Um, and we all come from a different fighting style. I got uh, I got black belts in karate, jiu-jitsu black belts, boxers, wrestlers, kickboxers, jiu-jitsu practitioners. You know, every martial art that you could think of, we got a coach from that discipline. And uh, we've all come together and, you know, we really enjoy it. And uh, we've been doing it a long time and helping the community. It's really evolved. And, you know, I love donating my time. And uh, it's a big part of my life. I really love it. So what are the age ranges of the kids that you're working with? Six to 18. So we used to take we used to take five-year-olds, but we stopped it because it was just a little too hard to get them to grasp um, grasp the movements and the calisthenics and, and the, the, the lessons that we were giving. Even though it's called boxing, it's really just self-defense, confidence building, um, using your body um, in a positive way, building strength in the mind and the body. With every class, there's a physical lesson. And there's an emotional lesson. So we might be working on a one-two combo. And then we're going to work on why it's important not to quit on things in life. And then the next week, we'll be working on a, a, a kick. And then, you know, talk about hard work pays off. And we really try to hit them in the brain as well as the body and develop them both ways. Basically build confident children, confident kids to be able to defend themselves in any situation in life physically, mentally, emotionally. We get a lot of kids uh, who are gold star families. That means mom or dad has been killed in the line of duty or killed in the armed forces. We give them free classes for life. We have a lot of kids who have lost mom or dad to drugs, accidents, you know, medical, natural causes. We give them free classes for life. It's not a money-making venture. It's just a program where we're kind of a subsistence business. All the money that comes in, Basically goes back to the equipment, the rent, the insurance, the trophies, the uniforms, the T-shirts, the gear, things like that. So we all do it because of the love of it, and and we love to give back. We have kids from all different races, ethnicities, family situations. I mean, autism, ADHD, ADD, uh, you name it, we got them. You know, we we take everyone. We don't push anyone away. We've had special needs kids. You know. Um, we love we love helping everybody and we treat everybody the same. Everyone gets the same tough treatment. It's like boot camp kind of just for kids. Check out all the beautiful classic cars around me. They're detailed to perfection and I'll bet their insurance policies are just as good. We want to thank our sponsor, Motorcycle Safety Lawyers, a division of Schumann Legal Personal Injury Lawyers. They have over 35 years experience handling all types of accidents. We want to be your personal injury lawyer. So having mentioned that you were originally from New York, where were you on 9-11? I was working at Federal Prison, uh, downtown Manhattan, 150 Park Row, MCC, New York. Um, when the planes hit the towers, we had to get the jail locked down. And the problem was that the inmates thought that uh, America was under attack and they didn't want to lock down. So our team got activated. That's the special response team. That's like uh, the SWAT team for a jail. So we had to go floor by floor 
and get all the inmates to lock into their cells um, to kind of get the, 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 the jail safe. So when we were done with that, our SRT team, our SWAT team, got sent down to meet some NYPD lieutenant at, at a check-in site by Ground Zero. We don't know who he was. We didn't know where we were going. We just went there. And we became part of the, uh, the rescue effort. And I ended up spending the next three weeks at Ground Zero on the bucket line, um, you know, on the dig lines. And, uh, you know, it was an extremely patriotic uh, event in my life. I mean, I grew up extremely patriotic, love my country. I have an American flag tattooed on my arm. It's always with me. I try to get every shirt I can with the stars forward because America doesn't retreat. America moves forward. But anyway, so, you know, that event, um, that three weeks was very up and down emotionally. I was a 27, 20, I'm sorry, 25 year old kid. Um, we would find bodies all the time. Everyone would salute. They would play the national anthem. Um, and, you know, after, after, going through those three weeks, I mean, my patriotism was extremely solidified. Uh, I've gone for all the tests for, for several years and thank God I've never had any cancer or spots or, or anything like that. I'm very lucky because um, I've had to sign a lot of affidavits and witness statements for uh, brothers that have gotten cancer from being there that I was with, you know, there was no cell phones back then. We weren't taking selfies and doing Instagram posts. So the way to prove to the insurance companies that you were there, you have to get an affidavit and a witness statement. And when I'm, my phone rings from a guy I haven't talked to in a while that I was at 9-11 with, I usually know what it's for. Um, but anyway, that patriotism has carried over into this program. Um, from when we started the program, I wanted to make it crystal clear that we were a pro-America, pro-law enforcement, pro-military, you know, pro-freedom um, organization. And we start every class with the Pledge of Allegiance. And whoever's our student of the week, our athlete of the week from that class, will lead the class in the Pledge of Allegiance, and they will hold that flag proudly. Um, since 2014, we've invited everyone to stand up and honor our country and our flag. Um, a couple of years ago, you know, the, the kneeling uh, kind of movement started and the disrespect for the flag. We, we, we don't allow that in our program. Um, we invite everyone to stand. If, if, if kneeling or sitting during the national anthem or the Pledge of Allegiance is something you do, we invite you to leave because, you know, I can't force people to do it, but in my program, that's what I require. You know, we, I, will not, um, I will not allow disrespect for the country, disrespect for the flag. And I'll tell you a little interesting story. Um, I was at a, uh, a high school graduation recently, and um, one of my older daughters, uh, her a friend of hers, uh, decided to sit for the national anthem at one of the graduation ceremonies. So afterwards, you know, I, I kind of did, did a little homework, and I said, did, did he know that the national anthem was going on? Why did he sit for it? And I was informed that, yeah, it was an, it was an active... Um, you know, resistance to the national anthem. So um, next time I saw him, I didn't try to push my values on him. I just said, you know, um, I, I explained to him that when I was at ground zero, you know, we were all Americans. It didn't matter. It was Americans helping other Americans. And I was on the bucket line and we had to dig 
with the five gallon paint buckets because they couldn't come in with the heavy equipment because there were still potentially people buried under all the rubble. So what happened was we came with the bucket and you look through it. If you saw a finger, uh, a ring, a wallet, a hand, an eye, whatever, you'd got to take it out and you give it to the next guy and then to the next guy. And the guy next to you could be a black guy from Alabama. The guy on your left could be a firefighter from Georgia. The guy next to him could be a police officer from Maine. Color, race, creed, sexuality, religion, none of that mattered. We were all Americans, all Americans. And I told him that. And I said, you know, if you look back on history, that flag has stood up for all people, all people, black, white, Spanish, Muslim, everything, you name it, that flag has stood up for all people. And I said, let's go back to the Civil War, right? Let's look at the Civil War, the greatest the greatest war that our country had on our turf. And the Northern Army behind that flag wanted to stop slavery. And the Southern Army, right, the rebels disregarded that American flag and they wanted to keep African-Americans enslaved. I said, that flag, that American flag that you wouldn't stand for stood up so people would not be enslaved, right? And I said, let's look at World War II. I said, that flag traveled to France on D-Day in Europe, right, to free the people that were under Germany's rule. And the Germans, Hitler, exterminated six million Jewish people. Because for no other reason, because they were Jewish. And that flag stood up for everyone, not just Jewish people. I said, because Hitler's plan was to conquer the world and he hated African-Americans. He wanted one master race. And that means after the Jewish people were killed, he was going to move on to the black people. I said, that flag has stood up for against segregation, against African-American children going to the same school as white children. Right. I said, that flag has stood up for women to vote. I said, you live in a free country. You're dating a white girl. In some countries, that's not acceptable. You get shot or you'd get put in jail for that. I said, so think about it next time you hear that Pledge of Allegiance or that national anthem. Think about standing up. And I said, one more thing. I said, I heard a veteran tell me years ago why we stand during that national anthem and that Pledge of Allegiance. He said, you know why, son? He's like, because all those brave men and women that went to fight for our country and that freedom that you love, they got killed and they can't stand anymore. And all those brave soldiers that had their legs blown off and their arms blown off and they're handicapped now, they can't stand up. You stand up for them, son. And so that's what I said to him. Without impressing, you know, without, you know, pushing all my beliefs on him, I said, that's why we stand up, son. He's like, man, I, I, I see what you're saying. Um, and I'm going to take that to heart. So um, it's a very big cornerstone in our program. You know, that that American flag is placed with the with the stars forward on our shirt. Um, you know, and I explained to him that it that it's like that because in the Revolutionary War, the the the, the soldiers ran towards the British Army with that flag flying. And those stars were going forward. Those stars don't run backwards. Those stars run forward. It's the fighting American flag. And that's why, that's why I got the tattoo right here with the fist. So um, 
if you're coming to our program, we're going to be all about America. You know, you may not like uh, who's uh, in the elected office, but sure do like our freedom. And we remind the kids that many brave men and women have died so we could be here free today. You said that so eloquently. I love that story. Thank you, sir. I appreciate your sharing that. Check out this 1948 Harley Hummer. It's a beaut. We want to thank you for listening to our podcast today. If you liked it, please share it with your friends and family. If you happen to be coming out to the Las Vegas area, send me a text. I'd love to join you for a ride. David Vegas Schumann, signing out.